You think I'm fucking with you? I am not fucking with you. I'm here from downtown. I'm here from Mitch and Murray. And I'm here on a mission of mercy. What's your name? Fuck you! That's my name! And your name is your wanting. And you can't play in the man's game. You can't close them. Then go home and tell your wife your troubles. Mateka! Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the Groovathon. I am Tony C. As always, I am joined live in the studio by the master, the man of many talents. Ghost Torches! There you go. How's it going? Beautiful day today, huh? Yeah, it's nice. Starting to see the foreign license plates, and by foreign, I mean, you know, Canadian. By by foreign, I mean anything above the Mason-Dixon line. Right. (laughs) Anything above the St. Mary's River. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely right. If if they've got, like, one of the the counties from up north, that that almost doesn't count right there either, does it? So, every show, of course, here at the Groove Town, it centers around an attitude of gratitude, so mucho mahalo to everybody tuning in and downloading here in America and around of the world. And I got to tell you, I am chock full of gratitude today for a ton of reasons, some of which I'm going to get into later on in the show. And I'll tell you something, chock full of gratitude is that heavenly groove, better groove a millionaire's money can buy. There you go, a little afternoon Tony tunage. I don't know how, how well that's going to going to get your day started. I hope you're having a great day. I hope you had a great weekend. We've got lots and lots of stuff to get to today, including, but not limited to, what I think Ben Carson's really up to, why I won't be watching tomorrow night's debate, hint, the Mets are in the playoffs, and uh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame nominations just came out, so of course... I will be letting you know who is worthy and who isn't, as I am, of course, the final arbiter of all good taste in rock and roll. Of course, all that's going to be surrounded by two hours of the greatest, most diverse groove anywhere on the air. I have got some choice chunks from the likes of the Ron Chans, Rufus Thomas, Dave Mason. I've got a version of a Led Zeppelin song that I had never heard before. Then I sent it over to a friend of mine, big Zeppelin fan. He had never heard it. Guess what? Got to play it. Why? More than likely, you ain't heard it either, and it's a pretty cool thing. Besides, it's Zeppelin, so therefore, it's worthy. Uh, what else? Got some great comedy coming up from the likes of Stephen Wright, and also I'm going to be uh, spending just a minute or two later on the show giving you a preview of next week's show. Going to be kind of a uh, special little thing. Oh, I love it when it vibrates like I can feel it. I know, I just I put it through right down my pants. <laughs> I feel it on the table. <laughs> love it. Just past 2 o'clock in the only Hollywood that matters anymore. Hollywood, Florida. That means it's just past 8 o'clock in the morning on the big island of Hawaii. Aloha to the Kau District. Just past 7 o'clock at night. Lizam saying hands on the blessed plot. And yeah, just past 10 o'clock in Turkey where RCG is handling my Eastern Bloc operations, and she is safe. Thank God. There is nothing that I found more depressing in the last week than what took place in Ankara, where a peace march, a a rally for peace, was broken up by violence. And the only reason we know that the peace march took place is because somebody blew up a bomb behind the smiling, dancing, 
hand-joined people who were all trying to say we should live together in peace and harmony, and somebody said, no, I think I'll blow, you know, make a big explosion and kill a couple dozen people. I'd like to know why there's no peace bomb. There's no bomb for peace. We don't have a shock value on our side. So we're going to have to start doing a little bit better with that. You about ready over there? I'm ready. All right. Loaded. That's what I like to hear. Hey, Grooveteers, it's the Groovathon. Saddle up and stick around on SoFloRadio.com. Hey! 
Driving down the street past the gas station, there were two signs in the window, help wanted, self-service. <laughs> so I went in and hired myself.
Dig it, baby. The Boogaloo Investigators. That is the sloth from their only release. It's uh, from 2005. It's called Dynamite. And actually, the guy to put that uh, that band together is a guy named um, Andy Smith, who was uh, friends with all the guys, grew up with guys from Portisette. And he was the guy that they used as their, like, tour DJ. You know, when they started getting into that whole trip-hop thing, they brought him on tour. And he has a whole bunch of bands that he's put together and done one-offs, and that's one of them called the Boogaloo Investigators. Before that, some old friends of mine, uh, the Raunch Hands, get you some from their 85 release, Learn to Whap-A-Dang. And we did. We learned how to Whap-A-Dang back then. It's written by Mike Chandler. Um, who was uh, originally in the Out of Place with uh, an old friend of mine, Oren Portnoy. We all grew up in New York City together, part of that 80s garage rock thing. And later on, uh, today I'm going to be playing something from his older brother, his older brother, uh, Lon Portnoy, in the Fuzz Tones. That was the Runch has before that Stephen Wright cracking us up. Kid and Play getting funky from Too Hype, kicking it off. One of the great rock bands of all times. I cannot play these guys enough. The Sonics doing Louie Louie. From their album, Boom, from 1966. And that really is the way you started the show. Actually, before that, kicking off the show after our little Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, song I've been dying to play called Manteca by Caesar's Salad. And that is from a uh, compilation CD called uh, The Finest of the Latin Beat. And there's like 20 volumes of it out there because the Latin beat goes on and on and on and on. So, but I always thought that was fun. Manteca, which is the Spanish slang equivalent of skag. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> that's what it comes down to. So, I hope everybody had a good week. You have a good week out there, man? I know you were busy. Yeah. You a lot of skating. You got that. A lot, uh, extra session in. I know, I know it doesn't sound very uh, cool. You know, I, I... I think it sounds cool I've, I've done, I've done a great deal of partying in my life, and I still go uh, appropriately uh, as they occur, as they occur, as the parties occur. Um... You know Halloween coming up and all of that, but when uh, you got a roll, you got a roller skate. I got. I'm uh, I'm in the skateathon uh, next this this Friday. As a matter of fact, I'm gonna have Derby Girls on my show to promote that on Friday. I've been uh, bringing the Derby Girls, the team, the only thing since before they were a team. Before they had uniforms, before they had a home or an official name, I was promoting the roller derby. Right as they were forming, I I knew them from the ring. I remember seeing that when I was a kid. Like, you know, on one of the local channels, they would show on, like, Sunday mornings. Yeah. And I'll tell you, the only bad thing about me going to New York on Thursdays, I won't be around on Friday to hang the, out with the roller derby The girls. difference is, and, uh, and I've spoken about it on, at length on my show explaining it, is this time around, it's, it's actually for real. There's nothing contrived. There's nothing staged. It's an international league, WUFTA, the Women's Flat Track International Derby Association, something like that. They they have leagues, they have rankings. Uh, this team has grown is there, through the is ages. There, this can be looked up online. This yeah. can be okay. Cool. Well, you know what? I will certainly look for that. And and, and you know. our team has come far, and they and they travel. And this Friday, from it's a skateathon to raise funds for the team. And right, but your show cancer. this I'm, Friday, they're going to be on this Friday noon to three. I'm going to have the Derby Girls on to promote that. Uh, and then later on that evening at the uh, the, the Gold Coast, uh, the uh, rink out on Davy North, the North one. No, this oh, is no, the, this the, other the one. North one with the concrete floor. Sorry, Jr. You know I love you. And <laughs> the wooden floor in Davy. Uh, I'm I'm doing this Has for seen them. Better ways. I am allowing my wheels to touch that cold, hard rock slab. <laughs> 
in order to raise money for the team and for the women suffering from breast, good breast cancer. Absolutely. So, but, uh, so people can tune yeah. in uh, this, this Friday, uh, Friday right, though, right from here, 12 to 3. Great. If you I'll have Derby Girls on there. We, te- we tear it up. They're very uh, – they're used to coming on the show. We tear it up. We talk a little bit of roller derby in between uh, just, just ripping everything, just <laughs> ripping into everything. It's, well, it's these are the of kind fun. of chicks, you know, I, I've, I've seen a couple of these chicks. I'd rather take on three guys they're, in a bar fight than one of them. They're amazing. They're, they're full of love. They're warm. They're they're sensitive. They're they're empathic. They care about all of the important issues. And for fun, they run into each other at high speed. I was going to say, yeah, the, this is they their, have all those things hobby, and the ability all to these attributes. But their hobby, what they consider fun, is high speed velocity impacts. <laughs> hey, I'm all about that. I played yeah. ice hockey for years. Loved sure. it. It was yeah. a, you know it was, it was yeah. like my own personal primal scream. Yeah, the, yeah. The, nothing. They the impact grunts. Nothing like an impact grunt to get you going. So I noticed some things. I'll tell you the thing that cracked me up the most is that apparently at the Bank United Center in no- on November the 20th down here, Vanilla Ice is going to be headlining, wait for it, the title of it, Legends of the Old School. Where are my tickets? Who? <laughs> Ticketmaster, hello? <laughs> I just think it's funny that he's headlining something called Legends of the Old School. Like, he's old school. This guy wouldn't know old school hey. if he smacked him in the face, which, by the way, I would encourage anybody who meets him to, to go do that. I have a friend of mine who lives in a house that he had done for one yeah. of his renovation things. And completely screwed up the whole thing. The wires, he had to have the whole place rewired. I thought he was performing under his real name these days. Yeah, it was Rob Van Winkle. Rob Van Winkle, that was it, yeah. Well, I don't know. That yo, yo, Gangster 24-7, yo. Um, let me see what else caught my eye this week. Well, obviously, the most important thing that is going on and the most important thing that happened all week was Jason DeGrom. Okay, a dominating performance in game one against the Dodgers. Strikes out 13, walks one guy. By the way, that was an intentional walk. And outpitched the person that everybody says is the greatest pitcher currently in baseball right now, uh, Kershaw. So he will in him. And, you know, one of the reasons I'm not going to be watching the debate tomorrow night is, well, one of the reasons I'm not watching is because I don't give a fuck. I just don't care about the debates right now. I... Especially when it comes to the Democrats, I pretty much know where they stand. I've paid attention to it. And the reason the Republican debates are no fun to watch is because nobody actually says anything. And I'm waiting here, just so you know, what Fox Fox News will say on Wednesday morning after the debate. Their coverage is going to be highlighted by them talking about how the Democratic, the, the Democrat debate, okay, got very, very very low viewership as compared to the Republican debates. And they're going to give a whole host of reasons why, except for the real reason, which is that all of us Democrats like to turn in, tune into the Republican debate because there's nothing we like more than watching the circular oh, okay, firing right. squad that is the GOP. That's what I love. Yeah. They literally now can't find somebody to lead them. They are... That- they- it, it's it's hysterical. It, it is so hysterical. It's the them circular bump firing. into each other in the dark. You know, oh, yeah. And the thing I wrote down, what I thought was ironic is that the one guy, you know, everybody out there wants Boehner's old job, except mm-hmm. for the one guy that everybody wants to have Boehner's old job, who is Paul Ryan. You know, and and I, I wrote this down, you know, I wrote a little thing on Facebook, and it occurred to me, wouldn't it be nice if he took a page out of McCarthy's uh, unscripted, you know, by, you know, he made that, that unpardonable mm-hmm. error of saying what he knew to be true, 
mm-hmm. okay, about his committee and how they were basically just got nothing to do with Benghazi or emails about bringing down Hillary Clinton. I thought, wouldn't it be nice if Paul Ryan had a sudden spurt like that as well and said, you want me to be the, the Speaker of the House and lead the Democratic caucus? If you lost your mind, like I'm going to play wet nurse to a bunch of nihilists, political yeah. nihilists. They don't support anything. They didn't come to do. They come to undo. Sure. They are anti-Al Smith. And Al Smith, my favorite politician of all time, but that's a whole other thing. So I won't be watching the debate tomorrow night because of all that stuff, but also, more importantly, because it's going to be game four of the Mets against the Dodgers. So that's really the single most important thing that's going on these days. I've got a lot of groove to get to. I have... Um, a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, I'm going to be heading to New York on Thursday, so I have put together a show for next Monday, which the master sitting right over here is going to be prepping. I've given him all the songs and details, and now he sits down and works his magic. Yep. So you he even gave me Preparation H. I get yes. I, that's With it. the applicator tube. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't, you know, a little, a little like... Rubber donut doesn't suffice <laughs> anymore. All right, that ass no. has been chewed, baby. You yeah. need, you need, you need, need modern that, uh, chemical warfare on they that have shit. These frozen fingers now. <laughs> so I'm going to be talking a little bit about that. Um, what else am I going to be talking about? I'm going to talk about Ben Carson a little bit because you know the doctor, the doctor, the doctor, <laughs> the doctor may be in, but doctor, it, yeah, but who? Yeah, but doctor what? He's like what? Yeah, I know. Every time he opens his mouth. <laughs> well, this is a guy who's like you know if the Jews had, had guns. Right, they did. There was a resistance. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it didn't. It wasn't enough. <laughs> yeah, There's a French resistance. Nobody ever talks before, about that. There's that, always a resistance. And now you got Trump jumping on that bandwagon. You know, you know, if they they, they had guns, I'm like, you know, every time you know, when it, like I said last week, when a child throws a rock, a six year old throws a rock at another kid, you don't then turn around and give all the other kids rocks. So I don't know. Ben Carson's just. He's pandering to one group, but I'm going to tell you why he's doing what he's doing a little bit later on in the show. But you know what? 5776, okay, my commitment, more groove, less yak. And the next song on here is one that you and I... I do. It's a favorite. Who we are... Who doesn't like this? I know. Really. Communists. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? Terrorists. I'm willing to bet you that the communists actually like it. They're just yeah. afraid to well, say it, it to the powers that it's, it's because of music like this that the communists became like us. God bless them. Well, then, in that case, let's kick it off. On the Groove Don, it's the Ides of March doing Vehicle. Inside my car I got pictures, got candy I'm a lovable man And I can take you to the nearest star I'm your vehicle, baby I'll take you anywhere you wanna go I'm your vehicle, woman By now I'm sure you know That I love you That I need you yeah. I want you, got to have you tried Great God in heaven, you know I Oh, my. 
Looking like the lift. For no reason at all, I can't recall her. Throw a seeds in my face. Down the hall, I kicking it in the back of the school, eating chicken at three. Wondering why is everybody always picking on me? I tried to talk and tell them, chill out and nothing to deserve this. But when it didn't work, I wasn't scared, just real nervous and unprepared. To deal with scrapping, no doubt. My baby never told me how to knock a knock an hour. Now in 95, we're both survivors, a man on my own. Around with fat lip, yes, she give moan. I'm not trying to show no module is shown, but when it's on, when it's on, then it's on.
the kills cheap and cheerful a big favorite right here at the groovy town with both myself yeah man oh yeah we love that track right there that is from midnight moon uh which came out in 2008 i wrote a note to myself here that it's not quite a must own album but it's definitely a should own album so if i if i know you and you don't have in your collection I'm not going to think less of you the way I would if you didn't own enough Led Zeppelin or James Brown. You don't own enough Zeppelin right. and Brown, I'm probably not friends with you. That's probably not. Probably not. This, on the other hand, is something you should look into Fantastic from start to finish. Really, just track after track after track. I listened to about half a dozen tracks by The Kills this past week, and they were all good. For that, another favorite of ours, you know, the comment from George Earl is like, wow. Nobody else, you know, I didn't know anybody else was into Farside. No. Well, I am. Farside uh, running from Lab Cabin, California, and from 1995. A little more Stephen Wright. Before that, Thelonious Monster. The song is Psycho Fucking Delic, and it is from an album. The title, the, my favorite album title for this show is from Thelonious Monster. The title of the album uh, from 1986 is called Baby, You're Bumming My Life Out in a Supreme Fashion. So, you know, I think you got your point across with that, kicking it off. One of the all-time classic songs, The Ides of March, Vehicle, from that album from 1970. You know, hard, even the cover bands that I've heard do it, they do a good version of it. And, and that's the testimony to how great a song it is, okay? People who, who probably, you know, your average guys, when they do that song, it's great. They don't have the, the band doesn't have to be great because the song is so freaking great. The band just has to be competent. And I've heard like a whole bunch of bands do that, and, they, and it sounds great all the time. So, you know, that had to get played. Okay, I'll get into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame later. For the moment, I'm going to tell you what Ben Carson is up to. This should be fun. Ben Carson, okay, is not an idiot. Okay, okay, okay he's not. He's not stupid. He's wrong on a slew of issues. But the guy is a world-class vascular and brain surgeon. He did. Sure. This, okay, and I've seen on television... You, you think this is an act? Oh, the no. Things, the things that are coming out of his mouth? No, it's not an act. Not at all. This is not an act by Ben Carson. But Ben Carson's smart enough to know that he's never going... He's not going to get elected president in 2016. Right. As a matter of fact, no Republican's getting elected. Or in 2020 or 24, 28. We're, okay. Ben Carson knows this. He knows he's not going to be president. What he's doing right now is he's building up his name recognition and getting all of his platforms out there, his book, his feelings. He's pandering to the groups that need to be pandered to. He will be in the race. He will survive the race. And you, This is it. I'm making my prediction now months at a time. He's going to survive... The Iowa caucus, the New Hampshire caucus, and then after that it goes to Greenville, South Carolina. And he'll survive through those. And then what's going to happen is he's going to get whomped on what's known as Super Tuesday, when there's like a whole bunch of the primaries at the same time. After that, what he will do is drop out of the race and he will throw his support behind the inevitable candidate, Jeb Bush. That's what he will do sometime after Super Tuesday. After that, you know what he's going to do? I don't know where he currently lives. It's, I think it's Maryland. Okay. Baltimore, Maryland. But he is going to either, depending on whether or not they have an open Senate seat in, 2018, in 2018, if they don't, he will then move 
to one of these states that will have every two years, there's 33 Senate seats that are come okay. up for election. He will move to a state where there's an open Senate seat and he will run for Senate in 2018. And it doesn't, you know, Hillary Clinton's not from New York City. She moved to New York, ran for Senate, won. That, he's going to take a page out of her book. Okay. He is definitely, he's not going to be president. He knows that. I know that. You know that. Everybody knows that. I don't give a shit what his poll numbers look like. Okay? Let's see how he feels after Super Tuesday. And the reason Jeb Bush is going to win the nomination is the simplest reason of all. Money. And, and legacy. Like, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Money is the most. He's got a war chest that is bigger than yeah. all the other people's combined. And I'm not sure what the actual statistics were uh, in the last two elections. But it was some ridiculous number, like 96% of all the candidates that spent the most money on their, you know, while they were running, mm-hmm. okay, 96% of the people who spent the most money won. Coincidence? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm shocked, shocked. Advertising works. It's almost as if someone in the advertising industry uh, says that. <laughs> <laughs> you know. But he's, that's definitely what, uh, what he's going to be up to. So you heard it here first. Ben Carson will be running for a Senate seat. In 2018, where has yet to be determined. I'm sure his his handlers have already started scoping out houses for him to move into the right neighborhood. Is it Ohio? Does he want to Does he want to move to Shaker Heights, where all the where all the you know the rich people are? I remember yeah. when that was like one of the ten richest communities in America. Now they're all suburbs of D.C. Everything the richest place in in America is Washington D.C. That's where the, the the highest per capita income is. It's all the the, the, the county and, the counties that are surrounding yeah. it. I know coincidence again, mm. probably not. Money guides our politics, and you know I said this to you earlier. I said at this point, I treat the state of our union as you know with the five stages of grief, you mm. know shock and this and now I think that the American electorate has finally reached that final stage acceptance. Yeah. We accept that this is the way it is. And and um, what's his name from Harvard is now running, uh, Lawrence Lessig. And he's running on a single one-issue campaign, campaign finance reform. That's it. Hey, that's take it. it. And he said that if he wins, he will do that and then step down. He has one thing. And you go. There's a great line um, from uh, the West Wing in one of their final episodes when Jimmy Smith is elected to be president. So it's before he takes the oath of office and he's putting together his plan and his cabinet and he says issue number one needs to be campaign finance reform and his advisors are sitting there and they say something like, well, you know, that's a bit too controversial. Wouldn't you, you know, you'd be better off starting with this. He goes, no, 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 no. Controversial with whom? It doesn't, the the point was is that campaign finance reform is the bill that allows you to pass all the other bills. Right. right. You, you take the money away, and what you have is a true republic standing up for yeah. the democracy that elected it. Mm-hmm. Okay? Once you put money in there, who cares? The uh, Freedom Caucus. Freedom my ass. The freedom, freedom from doing anything caucus. You know, 40 guys there want to scream their mouths off. I guarantee they're all in the take. Of course they one of them has a gerrymandered district. Yep. And the Koch brothers' money. Yep. The Co- one of the Koch brothers came out and said that uh, they were they were not for. Uh, I, I marked it off. I'll, I'll bring this up later. I actually found. I think I saw it. I found the quote. 
it's the most hip, hypocritical, you know, sentence of lunacy I've read in ages. And that's saying something since Trump's in the, you know, in the running these days. So the lunacy is flying fast and furious. But leave it to the Cokes. You know? Yeah. I think they've been using too much of their product. That was way too easy. Yeah. way too easy. I got way more groove. And I'll tell you something. It is worth listening to this show from start to finish as usual. But at the end of this show, I have got two tracks that are the definition of funk groove. They, they, when you look in the dictionary next to funk, a picture of James Brown comes up. Yeah, that's not open for debate. Of course. But I've also got a track... That is one of my all-time favorite groups coming up later in the show by Rufus Thomas called Itch and Scratch. And if this doesn't get you bopping around the house, you're dead. You're already dead and just too stupid to fall down because it's just pumping, pumping, pumping. I went through a whole bunch of uh, classic rock and roll. And when I say classic, I mean, you know, Yes, Deep Purple. And one of the bands I was listening to, I mentioned this a couple weeks ago, I went through a whole bunch of stuff from the police. And you forget mm-hmm. how good these guys were. Right. Okay? Well, I had forgotten, and now I have remembered. And so I've got uh, a police track to kick off this next set. I've also got um, some stuff from the Fuzz Tones and Zach De La Roca with uh, Chuck D. So you definitely want to uh, pay attention to some of that. And when we come back on the backside of this set, I am going to be talking about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So... You know I'm going to have something to say about that. Y'all about ready? I'm ready. Let's kick it off. It's the police on the Groovathon on SoFloRadio.com.
This is Alon Portnoy from the Wasmen, and you're listening to Mr. C's Groovathon on SoFloRadio.com. Dig it, yeah. She says to me, let me ask you this. And I said, what? And she said, if you could know how and when you were going to die, would you want to know? And I said, no. She said, forget it then. Gotta get bad before it gets good. Gotta get bad before it gets good. Gotta get bad before it gets good. I want it good now. I just gotta get bad before it gets good. That's what you say. Just gotta get bad before it gets good. See, stay with me. That you should Cause it's gotta get bad Before it gets good You say Trust you But just me Put your faith in me Then wait patiently Keep on telling me lies I believe you believe you Keep on telling me lies Like I need you I need you You say it's hard now Promises 
before it gets good. It's gotta get bad before it gets good. It's gotta get bad before it gets good. I want it good now, but it's gotta get bad before it gets good. That's what you say. It's gotta get bad before it gets good. See, stay with me. You know that you should, 'cause it's gotta get bad before it gets good. What you used to say, you used to do. If you told me something, I'd know it was true. See, there was a time I could believe you, believe you. But this time, I could see through, see through. I used to trust before I knew that there was a difference. Between what you say and what you do, gotta get bad before it gets good. It's gotta get bad before it gets good. It's gotta get bad before it gets good. I want it good now, but it's gotta get bad before it gets good. That's what you say. It's gotta get bad before it gets good. See, stay with me. You know that you should, 'cause it's gotta get bad before it gets good. Walking the flame, the Hollywood's about to 
and I, now that's a motherfucking belt and pop for real. Son, got the kill. Black actors and actresses, they can't catch no roses positive. I lick shots at you up in the eyes. Just kiss. We call it a pro, spitting flames out of black holes. It's over, that's how that goes. We burn from the silver screen to rap shows. When the beat drops, the rain of your heart rolls. Now, three G's, 360 degrees, radiating live by the SP. Breathe deep through it to your chest. Heat. Who wanna see the black people with the prestige? Who telling the cops to free? Black thought down with the PE, leaving ashes of palm trees. God, Chuck D, the Goody Mob. That is Burn Hollywood Burn from their 2012 inch. The Goody Mob would put out a uh, they put out a whole bunch of 12 inch from various people on it. That one's also got Erica Badu and the Roots on it. Burn Hollywood Burn. The sound in the background. Total Terminator X Bomb Squad backbeat on that one. Before that, Day One is the name of the band. It's a song called Bad Before Good. That is a standalone single that they released or seven inch as they call it these days um, from 2007 and I had uh, mentioned to uh, George I wrote down a little note here I'm like I'm not sure if that's more Beckish or Moby-esque but uh, he's got a bit of both of those guys in there it's got that that sound to it a little more Steven right before that and the Fuzz Tones 125 from 1985 so Surgic Emanations big shout out to my man the Frog Alon Portnoy the older brother of the men from the ranch hands and the out of place. So, you know, he's got that. He's probably my favorite Chuck Berry style guitar player is a long point. Like, this guy, I, he just sent me a track. I was like, you know, it's from a live show he did. And I was like, please put that in the studio. I want that. It's an old MC5 thing that they covered. It's great stuff. Great, great stuff. And kicking off the set. Yeah. The police. Too much information. That's from Ghost in the Machine. It's those first four albums. It's after after that, you know, and they, that synchronicity thing makes me want to literally choke something. But their first four albums is, you know, Atlantis de Moors and Yada Madada, Regatta de Blanc, and then this, Ghost of the Machine. Yeah. So those albums are fantastic. If you haven't heard them in a while, just if you need to remind yourself that Stuart Copeland is one of the great rock drummers of our generation, go back and listen to a whole bunch of early police because... He keeps that beat. He he really is what gets, you know, Sting's songwriting was great back then. Now he's, you know, 
whatever it is he is. Doesn't matter. So, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame nominees came out. First things first, I had already put together the uh, folder of songs for this week's show last week, you know, over the, at some point, like early last week, before the nominees came out. And I'm proud to say that right off the bat, I've got one, two, three nominees, all of whom deserve to be in the hall in today's show. Steve Miller, Deep Purple, and the JBs. Now, every year, this is, you know, it's complaint time. So let's take a look at this year's nominees, why don't we? The Cars? No. Chic? No. Chicago? Maybe. Maybe. Chicago, you know, maybe. Cheap Trick? Yeah. Yeah. I'm okay with Cheap Trick, man. I really am. That's rock and roll. Their album, live, their their live for Budokan album Mm -hmm. is a rock and roll standard. And they're still kicking some ass from what I understand these days. So they've been doing it a long time and they have put out some fantastic. So, okay. That's fine. Deep Purple. Yes. In the name of all that is holy. I mean, John Lord has passed away. So he's not going to get to get inducted. But Deep Purple, I've got a track coming up from their first self-titled album from 1969. Um, and it has got Richie Blackmore doing what he does best, which is just kicking some ass on guitar. And you know what? They got rid of Blackmore. Now you know who's playing for him? Steve Morse. Yeah, not exactly what I'd call downgrading in the, in the uh, skills department. So they definitely should be in there. Right next to them on this list, Janet Jackson. Okay, let me just say this publicly, for which I will probably get in trouble. But if Janet Jackson gets in before Steve Miller, Deep Purple, and Yes, I will hunt down Jan Wemmer, and I will publicly bit-slap him in front of people. I will then turn around, put my hands behind my back, and take whatever punishment is coming to me. And as long as it's not hard time, it's probably going to be worth it. Because if you put Janet Jackson or Sheik in before Deep Purple and Yes... There was a ding, uh, a guy wrote a, uh, an article um, for, uh, what's his name, from Nirvana, and now his own band. You know, he's a drummer for Nirvana, now he's... Uh, Foo Fighters? Yeah. I don't, whatever, know, I don't know. Whatever his name is. But he, you know, he's on the committee. Apparently okay. he's one of the people. Now they're one of the, one of the chosen few. They should let us do it. Well, that's that's my my whole point is I, I had to ignore them a long time ago because this was a, a, a yearly they have a fan vote. Uh, a, that's what I'm looking at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame WTF, fan vote. TF uh, things and 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 by the way, I like Chic. I think Chicago deserves it. Oh, yeah. But I have I have abandoned. Uh, like I don't obviously it's politics like the Oscars and the Emmys and all these things you know who are these people I didn't elect them they don't represent me uh, it, what what are they a business I go there and pay money to walk around and see who some other people think are great you know what I have the music of the people that I like you do we Absolutely. have a collection I agree with I, you I have my own rock and roll hall of Still. fame. Yeah. Well, yeah, look, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, when you I'm have a show, you got to comment on everything. But if I didn't have a show to do and you comment, on, I would ignore these people, ignore them and, and, and who their picks I are. I can't. I can't help myself. I am a glutton. And what, in Cleveland now? Is that the word is? Hey, man, you, you know, know The rock and roll capital of the world? Well, not no, Detroit, but that's where, what's not his Detroit, name? Not Detroit, not, you know. No, 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 no. The reason is, uh, what's his name? The DJ. Yeah, uh, that right. started it all off back then was uh, was a Cleveland DJ. Look, you know the mm. mistake by the lake 
really had nothing else going for it. So, you know, right, okay. right on, babe. Let them have it. But please, I, how about how about having them uh, qualify as rock and roll in the first place? Before yeah, they can be thank you. That would be thank you. There you go. Starting Deep criteria. Purple, yes. And Steve I, I love Schiller. Yeah, but that wasn't rock and roll. Steve Miller. I said this to a uh, friend of mine last night. Actually, Steve Miller's an icon. I was a icon genius. Yeah, he's Tom Petty before Tom Petty. Yeah. Okay, I'll tell you my Steve Miller story. I saw Steve Miller in the very first concert ever at Giant Stadium. It was Pablo Cruz, Steve Miller, and the Beach Boys. And I went to the second concert show. as well, which was Tom Marino, Mahogany Rush, uh, Ted Nugent, and Aerosmith. But I then got a chance. So that's seventy-seven, seventy-eight, somewhere in there. And I moved to Hawaii in 2010. And in 2011, I got to go up to uh, the north part of the island. It was in um, Waikoloa, at the Waikoloa okay. Village. And I got to see Steve Miller and Dave Mason together in Hawaii. Now, I only got to see two shows of note while I was there. That was one. The other one was War. I got to see War. Great. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. They're, you know, and yeah, they're old. They're not all the original members there. Whatever. Who cares? There's enough of them still there, and the music is mm-hmm. war. Okay? Yeah. You know, it's it's track after track after track that you already know. That I, you know, I knew every yeah. word. Every you grew time. up with that. Yeah. Love it. I played war on here before. Me and Baby Brother slipping into darkness. One of the great mm-hmm. A-side, B-side 45s from an old jukebox we had back when you had 45s. Yeah, that was an A-side, B-side. Slipping into darkness and me and Baby Brother. Dave Mason is another guy. Now, should he be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Probably not. Probably not. He hasn't done enough. But these guys, when I saw them, and I, this is what I said. I said, you know, my first thought was that they were really polished. But they're not. It's not that they were polished. They were extremely well seasoned. Okay. Extremely. And the track that I've got coming, I've got Steve Miller and Dave Mason in the drive groove, which is going to be coming up in a little while. And the Steve Miller track is from uh, the album The Joker. Right. And it's from Side One. And I've played Shababa Do Mama Mama, which is another song on that. I remember back in the day when myself and friends, we would argue not about what the best album was, but what the best album side was. You know? Okay. What's the best? Because that album side, Side One of The Joker, makes my top ten, certainly for the 70s. For the 70s. You know, it's, no, forget that. It's one of the great rock and roll sides of music. And I'll tell you, The Joker's not on side one. The Joker isn't even among the four best songs on that album. Now, maybe that's because I've heard it 50 million times, and I've only heard side one about 100, 150,000 times. So, but Steve Miller absolutely should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. If you, want, if you have any question as to whether or not he belongs in there, just go online and just punch up Steve Miller's Greatest Hits. And you will see 20 songs on there that you know extremely well. And most of them are really, really good. The guy is a songwriter, musician, singer, okay? He's an American treasure. This is an American treasure for me. The guy has been doing it for 40-some-odd years and is still, today, as good as he ever was. If you get a chance, because I looked up online, Dave Mason is touring again. All four islands in Hawaii. Most of the time when people go to Hawaii, they'll play Oahu. They'll play Honolulu, the big place. And Mm -hmm. then maybe they go to Maui, which is where the money is. But very few people come to the big island because there's no money there, which is why these guys played all the way up in the north part where there's money. 
the, the Waikoloa Village at Hilton and stuff like that. And the Grand Ballroom is where they play. That's what they call it. I'll tell you, the resort is phenomenal. They have like three of the top ten resorts on the Big Island, and this one is one of them, and it's freaking amazing. I I can't afford to stay there. I'd have to hawk everything and then some of your shit, and I'd have to hawk a lot of stuff just for a week there. But if you've got the dough, yeah. okay, and you want to go someplace where you're not going to be inundated by crappy tourists, okay, Waikoloa Village. Yeah, look, it's Hawaii. Now, yeah. you get people, literally, it's one of those places that gets it from all over the world. And unlike New York, where there's already 10 million people, so I can scream and yell at them as I'm traipsing from my mom's place on, Se- on 7th Avenue down in Times Square, you know, where there's every T-shirt thing. In Hawaii, okay, you know, it's all resort-type stuff. And the more expensive the resort, the less you've got to deal with the, with you know, mom, pa, I got diabetes from Dubuque. Okay? And Waikoloa Village was it's just an amazing thing. And Steve Miller should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Steve Miller should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Another, some of the other people that were nominated this year, let's take a look. We've got NWA. Um, you know what? No. No. The Beastie Boys? Yeah, I was fine with that. Run DMC? Fine with that, too. Those guys? Absolutely. And I'll tell you, I'm also fine with Public Enemy being in there. Okay. Those three bands really, to me, they were the rock and roll of rap. They, you know, they really got it, especially Run DMC. I mean, I can break down my musical history. All music is prior to the Ramones and <laughs> after Run DMC. So that's 78 to 82 when I was lucky enough to be going to high school in New York where both of those bands are from. Okay? So everything is pre-Ramones or post-Run DMC. That's how I define music now. It either took place before the Ramones or it took place after Run DMC. And if it took place between 78 and 82, it's kind of, we mix it, baby. We mix it. You know, scratching. So who else? Nine Inch Nails. You know what? No. And I've got great Trent Reznor story seeing with when I went to see Pigface. He couldn't have been a nicer guy. He took us down to a club called The Bank, which is down on Houston all these mm-hmm. years ago. Yeah, couldn't have been a nicer guy. There were only three of us in the VIP section. Me, the girl from Invisible Records, and this guy sitting behind us who paid for our drinks, who turned out to be Trent Reznor and dragged us all down. Awesome. Yeah. Now, do I like Nine Inch Nails? Sure, yeah. I liked them. Should they be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame ahead of, yes, Steve Miller, Deep not, Purple? Not ahead of those no. What's next on here? Jenna Jackson. The, the Smiths. All right? Hey, go fuck yourself. Seriously. The answer is no. How soon is now? Hopefully now never comes. All right? The Smiths, pardonnez-moi. All right? You think meat is murder? Try listening to Morrissey. <laughs> That's murder. I was listening to Morrissey this morning. <laughs> oh, my God. This guy. I is like one song. I like one Morrissey The most song. depressing motherfucker ever. Just unbelievable. He is. He's got nothing nice to say. His, his entire world is about complaining. Negative, he's a very negative guy. Now, I know you're a vegan. I know you got to take for animals. But meat is murder. Trust me, all right? Listening to you is suicide. And it ain't painless, baby, all right? No mash thing going on there. I'm trying to remember who wrote that song, Suicide is Painless, but never in any event. The Spinners. Sure, yeah. I love the Spinners. Yeah. Love you look the up their discography, skating. the songs that oh, they did. God. It's mind-boggling. Okay. Games people play. Rubber Band Man was Rubber Band, band Man. man. Best song. Okay, ever. first things first. Just for that song alone, if they had recorded yeah. that song and no other song ever, sure, sure, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm down with that. 
And then the final band listed here, because they do them alphabetically, is Yes. Now, Yes has to be at the top of the list for me. Because when you think, and this is what this article was about, you know, it's time for Yes, because the, you know, these people, when Rush got put into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, everybody kept talking about how they influenced, how they were influenced by Rush. How Rush was such a big influence on them. Who the fuck do you think influenced Rush? Yes! Without yes, there is no Rush. Okay, that's just it. And, might I add, okay, from a technical skill point of view, there are some bands out there that at certain times, it's like the planets aligned correctly. Okay? Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking of bands like Return to Forever. Where there's a three album stretch with Where Have I Known You Before, No Mystery, and Romantic Warrior, where the lineup is Al Demiola, Chicoria, Lenny White, and Stanley Clark. You put four musicians like that in a band, it's impossible to come up with something bad because they're just too good. I feel that way about the Dixie Dregs when they came out of University of Miami with Rod Morgenstein and then they and Steve Morse, T. Lavitz, unfortunately no longer with us, and you know, they had guys like Mark O'Connor and they had Andy Weston and Dave LaRue. But these are Musicians, when they get together, the planets are in alignment, and yes, is one of those bands. First things first, Steve Howe. Okay, yeah. this is a, he, I believe he was the first person. I could be wrong with this, but I believe he was the first person to win Guitar Magazine's Best All Around Guitar Player five straight years. After which, you're no longer eligible. They they let everybody else get their chance. The other people that have done it, you're put into the Hall of Fame. You're not, okay? Okay. And the others are the people you'd expect. It's Al Demiola and Steve Morse, I believe, are the other two that did it five years in a row as best all around. Steve Howe sits very comfortably on that upper, upper shelf of rock guitar players. He's in that Johnny Walker blue section, okay? And is very comfortable up there. He is in that very elite, okay, group of guitar players that not only can write phenomenally, mm-hmm. but have spent 50 years, okay, of putting out some sensational music. I have Yes in current rotation at almost all times. At almost all times, I have a Yes album, and sometimes it's actually the Yes album. Okay. Okay? <laughs> but the other members of the band, and I'll tell you, one of the most underappreciated bass players in rock mm-hmm. and roll, Chris Squire. Okay. The sound he gets out of that bass. He gets just terrific stuff. I don't think I have to go on about how great Rick Wakeman is. He's right. great. Right. I have his first two solo albums, uh, Six Wives of Henry VIII yeah. and uh, King, uh, the King Arthur one. And then after that, he did the, the soundtrack for the movie, you know, uh, uh, white something or other. A, you know, he did a movie soundtrack, but the first two were fantastic. He is an amazing guitar player, or amazing keyboard player. John Anderson, you know what? The lyrics in Yes are the stupidest ever written. John Anderson's lyrics are meaningless. It's his voice mm-hmm. as the fifth instrument. And the perfect example is from Close to the Edge where, and I quote, There'll be no mutant enemies we shall certify. That's a lyric. Now, myself, personally, there'll be no mutant enemies we shall certify. I didn't realize that enemy mutant certification was something that we worried about. It's coming back up. in those it's days. It's coming soon. It's part of the Patriot Act. 
I was I was just going to make a joke about taking too much acid, but all right, I'll go with the Patriot Act. <laughs> you know, won't surprise me. Okay, and they've also had um, two incredible drummers. They had Alan White and Bill Bruford, both of whom are sensational. Bruford then went on and played, you know, these are guys, and everybody's coming out of that whole King Crimson, Keith Everson and the Nice, and all that stuff. So that's, that's all right. But you've got five guys in that band mm-hmm. who are literally top shelf Musicians, these are time, and the music is phenomenal. If firstly, you know, just for roundabout, sure, you're in. Yeah, that song. If that's up, Deep Purple, Smoke mm-hmm. on the Water. I, okay, I know. It, everybody learned how to play guitar from that song. Yes, everybody. Yes, there's a great thing from Steve. Song. I I saw an interview with Steve Orr. It's on YouTube. It's hilarious. And he's now the guitar player and has been the guitar player for Deep Purple for many for like twenty some odd years now. My friend Roger was coming. He says, you know, at this point, I think Steve Morse has been in the band longer than Richie Blackmore, the original guitar player. No slouch himself, I might add. But Steve Morse was making a comment about uh, the, the right way to play Smoke on the Water. And he was talking about when he's doing warm-ups. You know, he's getting warmed up. And what a lot of these bands do is they'll do, uh, you know, they'll do like on a radio station. If you win this, you get to meet the band and stuff. Right. And he was yeah. talking about how many people came up. And we talked to him and we go, so, how did you write Smoke on the Water? He's like, I didn't write Smoke on the Water. I just play it. I didn't write it. <laughs> I, have, I have 50 albums of, of material I have written. Right. Okay? Yeah. They're all out there. Dixie Drake, yeah, Steve sure Morse. loves that question. Yeah. Just, and, but he, that's the funniest thing. First things first, Steve Morse comes off and, you know, uh, Rob Morris was telling me and everybody who has met this guy has told me, incredibly nice guy. Just mm-hmm. a really good guy. Generous forthcoming with his techniques and stuff. He's not one of those, oh, I know how to do it and you don't, so I'm going to keep it to myself. No. He literally puts it out string by string so you two can play like him. If that's what you're into, and I am, then you can do it. But he's just talking about how what he started to do these days is he likes to do his finger exercises while he's doing these questions because he knows they're all going to be so... What was it like when you wrote Deep Purple? What was it like when you recorded in Montreux? Yeah. Because I understand that Frank Zappa and the Mothers had the best place in town. Mm-hmm. Okay? And then they burnt it to the ground. Could you explain that to me? No. But let me finish. So he also has, yeah, so at the end of it, he goes, now let me show you the proper way to play Smoke on the Water. And he shows you the proper way to do it. The Richie Blackmore way. He's very faithful to a lot of the originals. You know, the... Uh, all the great stuff from the albums. You know, you want you want rock and roll? Machine Head. Mm-hmm. Burn. Live in Tokyo. Okay? Um, Deep Purple in Rock. Those four albums, you can start your rock collection with that. I'd start it with Zeppelin. But you know what? You start it with those four albums. Okay? When you have a child, okay... Start with start with that. Then you you know you can transition to James Brown and get into West Montgomery, all kinds of shit later. But if you start with those four rock albums, your kid's gonna probably wind up being pretty cool. Okay, those four albums, okay, earn them a spot in there. Yes, close to the edge. Tales from the Topographic Ocean, Relayer, uh, Fragile, the Yes album, Time and a Word, uh, Yes songs, the three the Yes songs and Yes shows. Those triple albums they came out with that were live. I've seen Yes Live a bunch of times. They're really good. I actually saw them at Madison Square Garden. I was like 15. And I saw them in the round. I got 10th row seats. 
the same guy who got me those seats, the guy who got me seats to uh, to see the first concerts out at uh, Giant Stadiums. An old friend of mine, Adam Cooperstein, his grandfather was the in one of like the in-house physicians from Madison Square Garden. So that was pretty cool. You know, That's when you're cool. 15 and you can get like second row tickets to the Rangers. You know, the guys sitting in front of us would have helmets on the photographers because they were so close to the ice. And that's how I got tickets. I've seen Yes a couple of times. All of them have been great. And I will listen to them at any time. At any time. And in next week's show, I've got a remix of a Yes song. Siberian Katru. And it's a okay. remix of that. And it's cool. I sent it to a friend of mine in New York. A friend of mine, Chris Roebling, who's got his own band. And um, he was, at my recollection, was he was very big into drum and bass type music. Mm-hmm. And they remixed. I where do you hear this? It's different and it's cool. I never thought I would hear a boom, 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 background thumped up backbeat f- fused with a an actual yes song. Okay, okay that I would mm-hmm. like because you know I'm a purist. Sure, but cool is cool. Groovy is groovy. And contempt prior to investigation, particularly when it comes to music, not for me. I don't do that. I'll listen to it. Then I will tell you whether or not it sucks. As a, for instance, The Smiths. <laughs> Please, God, don't put The Smiths or Janet Jackson or Chic. Okay, Chaka Khan's on the list, by the way. Later on, I'm playing Rufus Thomas. Okay. Rufus Thomas is the one that... Rufus like, Thomas Rufus, and Chaka Khan. I'm playing something considerably older. Yeah, she deserves to be somewhere, but before Deep Purple. How about the JBs? Mm -hmm. James Brown's horn section. You're talking um, Fred Wesley, Maceo Parker. For God's sakes, anything with Maceo Parker on it should be listened to. He's that good. He's he's a a living legend. Him and Fred Wesley are now certifiably living legends. The James Brown, the JBs... James and and uh, you know the uh, the flames, mm-hmm. those dancers that he would have that were like going at double speed. These guys are amazing. These are the building blocks of the rock and roll we listen to today. Chic, the cars, cars are not a building block. They're they're nothing. They're they're you know an interesting but mural in the Janet lobby Jackson. of the yeah. They're a, they're a mural in the lobby of the building. And don't get me wrong, the first two albums we talked about yeah. this, The Cars and Candy O, yeah. great stuff. Yep. Rick Ocasek, got a hot wife. Other than that, no reason for him to be in there. I'd, the only reason I want to see him in is so that I can... Like cars. Put them in there eventually. Let's see Let's see how they fare against other people. But I, you know, and, and I like Chic a lot. Too. I like I really it. Think that, okay. You know, Nile Rodgers is very innovative. I love Nile Rodgers. I've got tons of his stuff. He's a producer. Uh, you know, trendsetter. You know, I've got Nile Rodgers, innovator of a, of a, of, you know, of a sound and a genre. Absolutely, often but it's the rock and roll. But hall it's of the fame. rock and roll hall of fame. None of these people should even be in yeah, there. Deep Purple should be in there. Deep Purple yes, should, should be, be in there, there for the love Steve of God. Steve yes. Miller. Steve Miller. Those are those are building blocks. The this epitomes. Is yeah, those are the epitome of rock and roll. Yeah. How are they not in there already? And that's why. That's why I don't. It's like what? What do you mean? Deep Purple isn't in there already. I, I'm hoping. I, I know, don't acknowledge I, you. I maintain stalwart faith, not confidence. Those are two different things. Yes, but I have faith that they're going to get it right. That they're going to get it right more than they get it wrong. And even though I don't have a, you know, any vested interest, I'd like to see them get it right. I like to see the people that, 
have meant enough to me. I'll tell you, I was going through various songs from Yes and Deep Purple about a week or two ago, okay? And there were at least three songs that I heard during the course of that night that immediately, immediately, immediately brought me to a specific time and place in my history. Like, the reminder is so strong. And that, you know, that's something that's important to me. You know, I hear David Bowie's greatest hits in Dire Straits, Brother mm-hmm. in Arms. I immediately think about my bi- my AYH bicycle trip because those were the only two tapes we had. I mentioned this months ago. Hey, yeah. if those are the only two tapes, not bad. You, you do worse. fun out of it. Yeah. Okay, you know, after a while, you know, you memorize everything, but still, you could do worse. And it takes me back. And so I like to see the bands that have meant so much to me. I like to see them be praised, be rewarded for those things. It makes me personally happy. And it makes me personally upset when other people that I, and I am the arbiter, folks. I mean, let's let's just remember, I'm the man. Okay, That stuff frosts my cookies. In any event, that's what I got to say about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Please, in the name of all that's holy. Steve Miller, Deep Purple, yes. Okay. Those three, and you can put anybody else in you want this year. I can wait on Cheap Trick. The JBs really should be put in, but I can wait on them. But Deep Purple, yes, Steve Miller. Okay. In the name of all, can we, we're on. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Time for me to take care of the people that take care of me. And I got two people this week. I uh, visited, I got a haircut because I'm going up to New York. Excellent. To say hello, to see mommy and all my friends. And so got a haircut, so I had to visit my gal, Manya, over at Xanadu. And there's nothing better than being a guy, because I don't, you know, who, like me, doesn't really care. I mean, I wash my hair, comb my hair, spritz my hair, walk out of the damn house, generally with a baseball hat, and I don't give a shit. So what's great is that I go in and see Manya, and I know that I will look better than when I walked in. Now, if you know me, you may Park your jokes about, yeah, you're going to look better when you walk out. That's like striking out the pitcher in the American League. <laughs> yeah, 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 whatever. But wanted to give her a shout-out because uh, I don't have to tell her anything. She gets it right every time, and I always go home and go, wow, oh, good. I never like getting haircuts. I always like mm-hmm. to have long hair, so I was always very, Meh. but now I'm older, and I don't do a man bun. I won't do the man bun. The For man the bun. I'm not even ah, going Don't even go ah. there. Yeah, don't even go to the man bun. Long beard man. I'll never be hip. <laughs> Never. Goddamn hipsters. No, yeah. hamsters. Hamsters. That's no nope, hamsters. Nope. Open-toed shoes for me. And <laughs> bun or beards. Thank you. I got your Crocs right here. Yeah. What, a, what a Croc a Croc. Oh. So the other people to take care of me, of course, my man Dave Carey at Precision Auto Works in Pompano Beach, Florida. Stopped by there this week. Wanted to make sure because I've got that thing that says your oil life, you know, when they reset yes. it and stuff. So I go there. And she's like, oh, no, 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 you're fine. Bring it. When you come back from New York, bring it in. We'll swap out the fluids. You're good to go. He's like, it looks fine. I'm like, of course it looks fine, because the only person I ever open up the hood with is you. <laughs> so, you and he told, me, he told me a very interesting thing. He said, you know, when you hear people say, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. He said, that doesn't apply to cars. If it ain't broke, bring it in for maintenance, and you never have to worry about fixing it. Or you shouldn't have to worry about it. Okay? Upkeep. Upkeep. And this is something I'm terrible at, which is why I love it, because I can call him up, drive in there, and... Forget about the fact that he's got the 72 Camaro and the 71 Chevelle, which I drive over there just to look at anyway. Saw a 61 Vet around the corner. Barrett Jackson quality. Stunning. 61 black-on-black convertible with a four-speed red redone 
uh, interior over the gauges, a red kind of leather thing over the gauges. Absolutely a stunning work of automotive brilliance. So I just wanted to say thanks to everybody. Of course, Precision Auto Works, Pompano Beach, Florida, 954-247-9362. And it's the place where people who love their cars take their cars. And you know what? That means, right? That means it's time for the drive groove. And yeah, I got two of the people I've been talking about in a drive groove. I've got Deep Purple and Steve Miller. And by the way, all four of the people that are here, I put all four of them in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame before Janet Jackson, okay? Because I've got Deep Purple, Doc Watson, Dave Mason, and Steve Miller. You want shredders? Those are shredders. These guys invented shredding. Doc Watson should be in there. Now, you're going to put in Janet Jackson? Jesus, God in heaven. That's the kind of thing frosts my cookies. In any event, these ones are sure to get you redlined. And the first track, you know, this is one of those things that I stumbled across. I have two different versions of it. One is the studio version, which I'm going to play. And the other one is a live version that Deep Purple did for BBC uh, back in 1970. And it's just, and I wanted to play that, but it's just the quality wasn't good enough. It's, you know, you can tell that they recorded it in the studio and they didn't have the kind of technology they have today. So it sounds like they, you know, were in a radio studio playing rock and roll. That's what it sounds like. But this is the version of a song called The Painter. And it's from Deep Purple's album, Deep Purple, from 1969. So Richie Blackmore is going to shred it for us and up your RPMs. It's the Drive Groove of the Day on SoFloRadio.com.
let's sit and listen to the rain a little while now, if I can remember the words to it. is driving me crazy It's just as cold inside All the warmth is gone without my baby Something stirs within my mind And my lips start crying out your name While I'm sitting here wondering where you are And listening to the rain
is Rock and Roll Hall of Fame worthy. Right there. That's Steve Miller doing Sugar Babe from The Joker. One of the ten, my ten favorite album sides. That is side one from The Joker. Complete album side. It's uh, Sugar Babe, Mary Lou, Shababadu Mama Mama, and uh, You're Cashing Nothing But Trash. So that was a great song. Before that, Dave Mason, Feeling All Right. That is from 2013. He, um, well, there's a show um, that they do in Nashville, and it is called, uh, from, it's called Music City Roots. And so he did a uh, performance on that from 2013. I love that version of the song. I've got, I don't know, I've got like four different versions of Feeling All Right, just by Dave Mason. You forget about the fact that I got like three other versions, you know, the Joe Cocker version and blah, blah, blah. But that version is newer, it's funkier, it's smoother, it's not big audience, you know, 15,000 people in the background, it's smart, and I just love that stuff. Bit of a shout out for that one, a friend of mine, old pal of mine, he plays a lot of local bands around here named Todd Remington. So, Todd probably doesn't even know that I have a show, and I'm pretty sure he's not listening to it, but you know what, Todd? I know that's one of your favorite songs, and when I picked that song out, I thought of you. Todd's a very good bass player in his own right, and when he does that song with the bands, he's also the singer. Also quite a good pool player, so I thought I'd point out. Before that, going out to my mom, little Doc Watson there, listening to the rain from The Essential, Doc Watson. Earlier I said the Kills album was not a must-own, it's a should-own. Okay, The Essential Doc Watson is just that, Essential. Your collection is not complete without that double CD set. Probably 50 two to three minute songs, and every single one of them is worth having. There's 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 almost no bad Doc Watson out there. It's incredible. I've listened to so much of it, everything I like it. And kicking off the set, a song that I had not heard in years. I literally completely forgotten about it. It's one of those songs that I had heard and dismissed. Because if you're going to listen to Deep Purple, you listen to the Deep Purple we all know. Like I said, Machine Head, Burn, In Rock, you know, live from Japan, you know, and all that stuff. That is from, that's a song called The Painter from their self-titled, basically their first real album they put out called Deep Purple from 1969. And that is Richie Blackmore just kicking some ass. So what I did was I got rid of an entire set of music I have. You know, I yacked a bit much, but I got a lot of stuff going on. I am heading to New York this Thursday. Cannot wait to see a whole bunch of friends of mine. I'm hooked up already. Thursday night, I'm going to go see Tammy Faye do her Marianne Faithful show. I am going with Roger Hits, Kenny Altman, who was my old boss at Tower Records, and Paul Page, who got hired basically the exact same day as me at Tower Records back in 85. He just finished a tour... He's the bass player for Ian Hunter, and they just finished a tour with Jay Giles' band. So he's going to come down, and we're all going to go get to see Tammy Faye. Bonus package for us is that sitting in with her will be Lenny Kay on either guitar or steel guitar. Lenny Kay, of course, Patti Smith's guitar player and the guy who put together one of the greatest collections of music ever assembled, Nuggets. Uh, once again, there are some albums you should own, and then there are some albums, really, you must own. Nuggets, Volume 1, is an essential part of any rock and roll collection. And so I put together, since I will not be here, I put together a show for next week. 
That is two solid hours of music. And a lot of people have asked me, well, a lot, a few, <laughs> um, have asked me about some of the music I play in the background. Right now, we are listening to Grant Green doing Jan Jan. And I've got some stuff from him in next week's uh, show. And I've got a bunch of stuff next week that I wanted to play but doesn't quite fit into the format Um you know, the groove of dawn every week. I'm looking to really spread it out, and I don't want to play an 11-minute jazz song or anything like that during the show. Yet, at the same time, some of this stuff is so good, it demands to be played. So, I have put together a two-hour set. George is going to master it as only the master. Los Georges! Shaft, he's a mean mother. Shut your mouth. Indeed, I will, but only when I'm done, baby. Ah, you super fine. We love that stuff. So George's going to put that together, and I have a song list for that that I will be putting out, and it will be, as always, you can go to the SoFloRadio.com site, click on Tony C's Groovathon, and you will see, generally within a couple hours of any show, um, unless we have to finagle it, but there were no 32 kilobytes this week. Nope, nope, nothing. We did. Everything I learned a, digits. Yeah. learned a valuable lesson. I go through it, then I send it to George, yeah. and George goes through it because I'm yes. me going through it, not good enough. The master has to there, see there, it. there isn't enough anal retentive for just one person in this That's studio. Right. It's a team anal retentive effort. We are the Becker and Fagan of radio. <laughs> you like that one? There it is. We're the Becker and Fagan because one take isn't enough. You better no. make it five. <laughs> you know? But unfortunately, one of the songs that I picked out on the subject that Rufus Thomas Itch and Scratch which I'll be playing in, a later, in another show but it's so nice uh, you've got to do it twice that's right because I'm itching uh, I'm scratching one of, the, one of the great songs and I pulled that out I'm going to put that entire set into the show in a couple of weeks because it's got Nick Waterhouse a great Led Zeppelin track uh, Royal Orleans but it's an outtake with John Bonham singing. So, yeah, I got that. And then I got the Rufus Thomas as well. Rufus Thomas, by the way, also wrote Walking the Dog, man. What a great... I, you know, I wrote this down. I, I did a search in my computer. I've got six different versions of Walking the Dog, baby. Six. Six different versions of that song. That's right. Six versions of Walking the Dog. Great stuff right there. I'm going to be finishing off the show with... The definition of funk. Okay. If you open up, just, you know what? Google funk. And a picture of James Brown should show up. If it doesn't, your computer's broken. <laughs> right, or you're right, not on right. Google. Yeah, seriously. What else? Is there? No. It starts invented there. invented the word funk to describe James Brown. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, nasty, filthy, McNasty, stank funk. And I found a song. A couple weeks ago, I was talking about this. I spent like an entire afternoon... It was pouring rain, and so I listened to three or four James Brown albums uh, from '68 to '74, and it's mo- you know a Mother album which got Mother Popcorn. Here it is, and then the double album. One of my favorite records um, of all time is "Hell" by James Brown. It's a double album. It's got the long version of "Papa Don't Take No Mess." My Thang is on there. Um, the song "Hell," which is terrific, and. This little ditty right here, it's called I Can't Stand It. And seriously, if you don't think that this is just the funkiest thing ever, we need to have a long chat and 
we're probably going to have to spend some money on getting a team of like Austrian therapists together for you. You know, they're all going to have to come in and huddle around and figure out what's wrong with your head. Because it is funk, by definition. Next week, there's a whole bunch of tracks that I guarantee, as a matter of fact, record it. You're going to want to download into your computer next week's show. Well, you probably want to download them all, but, you know, that's just me. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Several but next times. week's show, absolutely, because it is two hours of music and no yak, and every tune is fan freaking fantastic Everything. I've got a tune from Jimmy Smith and Wes Montgomery that is so smooth. It's Forget, it's like melted butter being dribbled on a newborn baby's ass. That's how smooth the Wes Montgomery Jimmy Smith track is. I've got stuff from James Brown. I've got a great version of the song most people aren't familiar with called Mind Power. So that's going to be there. I've got stuff from Jimmy McGriff. Funk, funk, funkalicious. I've got tracks from that. I've got that Yes remix. That's mm-hmm. going to be in there. Some tracks from the Bamboos. I've got DJ Lean Rock doing that hard Latin beat. And yeah, fear not, because I'm bringing the Shredders, too. Al Demiola with Jaco Pastorius from Land of the Midnight Sun. So that is, that's worth anything. Just that yeah. show, Golden, just that song, Golden Dawn Sweet. I've got a live track of Steve Morse from 1984 on the first tour he did after his solo album. And this is with Rod Morgenstein on drums and a gentleman named Jerry on bass this guy is one of the bass players nobody knows about sensational I sent a note to Rob Morgan saying you know whatever happened he's like oh he's, he's in Atlanta now he's doing graphic design I'm like how dare he not let the rest of us hear his skill and, and he's incredible so that's a two song from the Own Filter O-H-N-E which is a show that's in Germany and they bring guys like you know, people that we don't appreciate enough here. They bring them over there, and they're immediately appreciated. So I've got that. I've got just a ton of stuff for next week. But I'm going to be in New York getting my rocks swirl on, get my groove swirl on. I'm going to see, think I'm going to be able to see Tom Sem, uh, Semioli down at uh, the Bitter End on the 21st. If I'm really lucky, I will get tickets to a Mets game. So if you're listening to the show and you've got contacts, consider this your dose of Jewish guilt. Come on, man. Come on. Hook me up. <laughs> do, it for, do it for the love of the game, brother. The love of the game. For the love of funk, though, and for the love of the groove. I'm going to get out of here and leave you with a song that will have you tapping your shoes. As always, for myself and the master, Los George, it's peace. Aloha. Good night, Mom. <laughs>
my shoes. Give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me it! Top 1926 Hollywood Boulevard. You're listening to SoFloRadio.com.